just want to do God's will. What you're seeking is a blessing from God. You must expect a miracle. You have the power of choice. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Welcome to Life Today Live. Randy Robinson here. Great to have you. I have a question for you. Uh, what'd you do this weekend? Did you binge a little bit? Did you spend some time on your on your phone? Uh, did you did you did you text or do you like are you like my wife and you sat there for hours and hours just with your phone watching random videos? We do this. That's the age we live in, and you know. I, I love the technology. It makes work so much easier. It makes communication easier. Uh, I can't even relate to my parents. When I went to college, I had to be in the dorm on the landline phone to give them a call just to let them know I had made it the, the four and a half hours safely. Whereas now, you know, my kids went to college and we're tracking them. We knew right when they got to college, uh, when they left, we knew where they were. And, and it's great. I, I love the technology. I, we're able to keep in touch with people in ways I, that I find to be very helpful. But as with everything, there can be a downside. Uh, they're all tools. How do we use them? How do we use them in a healthy way? And especially if you're a parent or a grandparent and you got those young ones, we got an 18-month-old down. He was at my house all weekend. And you know what? He loves his iPad. And, and that's great until you take it away from him, and then it's not so great. So how do we manage this tech thing. Well, I have uh, um, someone, a mother, who has been dealing with this with many children for many years now, and she's helped others kind of frame the the whole digital revolution we're living in in the right way. And uh, she actually wrote a book to help people who are like, you know, I'm not sure this is all going the way I want it to go. It's called Digital Detox, and Molly DeFrank is my guest. And uh, we're going to talk through it. We're just going to help you be uh, happier and healthier as you deal with technology, um, whether it's yourself uh, or it's a spouse or it's children or grandchildren. Uh, we're going to learn a little bit. Molly, great to have you on Life Today Live. Hey, Randy. Thanks so much for having me. I think so. The first question is, uh, w when did you realize that maybe there was there was an issue with the way technology was uh, ruling a little bit over your family. Yeah, well, you know, like most parents whose kids were born over the last decade, um, we bought in early to that technology that was available for kids. It makes a great little digital babysitter for our kids. We want to get stuff done. It's kind of like a little digital pacifier. Um, and I, you know, I had all the tablets. I We want, did the Netflix, the the games, all of it. But over time, I started noticing these behaviors after screen time was up. And, you know, we were, I felt, responsible parents. We'd set the timers. We'd go by the pediatric recommendations. And still, when the timer dinged, our kids were kind of amped up. They were next level. They would melt down. And life is busy, so we'd move along with our day. And But it always kind of bugged me. It's the little nudges now and again. And then finally, one day, I came home from running errands. And one of my kids greeted me at the door, not with, hi, mom, but can I play on your phone? That was how he greeted me at the door. I'm like, that is it. I'm done. So I called my husband at work and I said, I think we need to just completely take a, a cold turkey break. I want to unplug them all the way. And he was all in. He was like, look, you're the one on the front lines there. 
if you're in, I'm in, you got to carry most of the work. So um, we told the kids that night at dinner and they were very upset about it. It didn't go well. <laughs> we told them until further notice, no video games, no Netflix, no YouTube, none of it. And they flipped. And so internally, it was one of those parenting moments where on the outside, you're calm, like, no, this is what we're doing. We love you. But on the inside, I'm like, what have I done? Like, what am I going to do the next two weeks? I'm. This is going to be terrible. Um, and thankfully, that's not at all what happened. It was actually the most life-giving experience of mm. our parenting journey. It was the best parenting decision we made to date. Um, it, we got our kids back. We removed that filter of overstimulation, and it was incredible. Well, okay. Dive into that a little bit. I'm curious because you mentioned overstimulation. Um, what, what, what was different in a healthy way when you went cold turkey? I, I mean... Interestingly, we had one son uh, when he was young that no threat seemed to budge at all. Uh, and, and, you know, if he didn't do his homework, well, you know, you, you're looking for those things, not, not to punish, but to motivate the, the child to do what they need to do. And then we figured out, oh, wait a minute. If we say no Minecraft, no video games, uh, it was total it's like okay well we found that very sensitive point and and it worked but it was awful at first too what what did you what did you get back in your kids that made it worth the the torture that you feel like you're inflicting on these kids when you take away their whatever yeah for sure so it you know i thought and i was wrong about this but i thought that the behavioral issues were just um you know, tied to right after we took the screen away. I thought that that was the only impact that these devices, this digital entertainment was having on our kids was when the timer dinged. Well, the impact was going around the clock. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't see that until we took it all away. So um, it, through the course of writing this book, I, I read tons of, of research, tons of books about the why. And across disciplines, you know, you've got neurologists, you've got eye doctors, psychiatrists, all of these people, teachers and principals telling us like here from my vantage point is what this technology, what this digital entertainment is doing to our kids, what's doing to their brain, to their vision. There's actually, here's just one example. Um, um, occupational therapists are identifying a new condition that they're calling virtual autism. And it's when kids are presenting like they're autistic, but they're not autistic. It's just that they, the opportunity cost of being on a screen all the time, they're not developing the way that kids usually develop. They're, they're not getting the eye contact. They're not swinging on the swings. They're not doing all of these activities. And, um, you know, what we're displacing here, there's a huge cost um, for our kids. So, um, we see neurologists telling us the brain is changing. We're rewiring brains. Um, there's something that's going on in the brain. And I didn't know any of this beforehand. This is why I wrote the book to help other parents with it. I synthesized our experience, our, you know, successes and failures, plus the data. So parents can just pick up this thing and just get through it. Um, but this crazy thing that I learned is about the dopamine. So um, our brains are in our designed to release dopamine when we experience anything pleasurable. Mm. You know, you eat something delicious or go for a walk and dopamine is released. Well, these brilliant engineers have taken what we know about the human brain and dopamine and they've baked dopamine release points into the apps, into the games. So our kids, we're getting this, this um, 
flood of dopamine like we've never seen before. Dopamine receptors are numbing out in the mm. brain. Wow. So real life can't compare. Real life fun and, and pleasure can't compare. So that's why kids complain everything else is boring. It's wow. not really their fault. There's a physiological thing happening to them. So the two-week detox gives them a chance to bring those dopamine levels back down to normal and give them a chance to kind of reawaken a love of real life. Interesting. Now, uh, question, good question from the audience. How old were your kids? What was the age range when you did this the first time? So my, we had five kids at the time. My oldest was about 10. Um, we were homeschooling two of them, a third grader and a second grader. I had two three-year-olds. <laughs> one of them was a new foster placement. And then I had one kid in public school. And so it was, you know, it wasn't, easy the whole time. It was simple, but not necessarily easy. Um, but through the course of helping other families with this, what we found is that any type of family can do this. You know, whether you're homeschooling or your kids are in public school, you've got young kids, old kids you're working for, um, you can adapt this thing to work for your family. Okay. Now you mentioned, and your book says two week. So we're not talking about ditching all technology entirely and, and moving to an Amish community in Pennsylvania or something. We're talking about just resetting. Is that what kind of what you think of it as resetting? Uh, yeah, the that's exactly right. Um, you know, major respect for the Amish community, but most of the parents I help are, they want to enjoy some amount of technology in their lives. They just want to put it in its right place. Um, you know, before COVID, before everything shut down, we were already in the midst of the worst youth mental health crisis we'd ever seen. The data was already out there telling us that kids, the anxiety levels are through the roof. And then COVID hit and kids were forced to go to school online. And what what happened was that kids, you take 12 year olds, recreational screen use doubled. So they started spending eight hours a day on devices and that doesn't even count school. Mm. So they're being entertained like a full-time job's worth. And it was like pouring gasoline on a very volatile situation already. So our kids really need us to get in there and help. And so that's why the first half of the book is about how to get through the two weeks. And then the second half is how to put it back in its right place so that it's working for you. It's not taking over. Right. right. So so you're saying we can use technology in, in a good, healthy way. I mean, because it's kind of hard to to avoid it, frankly. Absolutely. Technology is an incredible tool. Um, and we live in a world that's increasing, increasingly digital. You know, it's hard to work. So many people can work from home. Mm -hmm. we, we get to have this conversation thanks to technology. There are so many really great redemptive uses of technology. Um, it's just a matter of making sure that we're using it as a tool rather than being used by it, rather than having our attention yeah. monetized. Yeah. Yeah. So what did, what, what did you do during the, or what do you recommend people do during the two weeks? Because like you say, a lot of people, you give all that up and you realize uh, everything else does seem boring or I don't even know what to do anymore. Yeah. And that's what holds most parents back from starting in the first place is they're like, well, these are my kids' favorite hobbies. So if I take it away, they're just going to be staring at me for two weeks <laughs> and I can't, I got to work, you know? Right. So the good news is that it's that's not reality. Those fears are totally unfounded. Sometimes it takes a day or two on the front end to get your kids going. Um, the problem that we're facing right now as parents is not the lack of available screen-free play options. Um, I'm sure if you're watching this, you probably have shelves in your closets full of puzzles and board games yeah. and toys. It's the lack of interest that our kids have. So what you're doing when you detox them entirely is you're putting them in this mindset to go, well, shoot, I can't just buy time until my screen time this afternoon. 
guess I better figure something else out. And that's actually a gift you're giving your kids. You're mm. teaching them how to troubleshoot their own boredom. You're showing them that the solution to life's boredom and difficulties isn't just to entertain yourself. That doesn't help our kids in the real world. So we're really giving them skills to um, that they're going to need for life. Yeah, yeah. I'm curious about the lack and, and obviously COVID just really slammed this but it seems like we have generations now of kids who be, partly because of the technology I think um, they don't know how to relate in conversations uh, and you know to, when they get older in, in job interviews it, it seems like a lot of social skills have gone by the wayside because of I think maybe too much reliance on interaction with people through phone, you know, smartphones, things like that. It, oh, yeah. You're seeing a lot of that? Absolutely. And, you know, there's a professor out of MIT who has studied this extensively for decades and decades. And um, she has a lot of great books. Her name's Sherry Turkle. Um, but she points out that as these kids are going out into the workforce, employers are saying exactly what you just said, which is they these kids, these kids in their early 20s are seized by anxiety when it comes to just picking up the phone and, right. and having a phone conversation or, you know, face-to-face -face conversations. These are skills they didn't practice. You know, when you and I were kids, we probably, we'd get bored. We'd knock on the neighbor's door. Right. Hey, you know, this is a little scary, but do you want to come play with me? And those are skills that our kids need and can use for life, and they're not practicing those. So you're really giving your kids so much more than what you're taking away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'd, we'd run up and down the block and get all the kids out. <laughs> and yeah. it, it was a definitely a different time. Um, but at the same time, here's another thing I noticed. Uh, and, and we struggled with this as, as parents, you know, 10 years ago when our kids were all in the house. Um, when I was a kid, <laughs> we would go get the other kids. We would get on our bikes and we would ride. It was probably five miles to the video arcade. We had a video arcade. So we'd get, get the quarters. We'd ride our bikes to the video arcade and we'd play video games. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't want my kids doing that these days, you know, just getting on bikes and riding somewhere, you not knowing where they are. And so it, we saw the, the video games where they're playing with other kids as uh, a way actually to interact with other people, so certain games, you know, more than others. Is there anything? healthy you think about being able to interact with other kids without having to leave the house in the way in the sense that you know where your kids are hmm. that's a really interesting question um you know i i will tell you that we actually have an arcade in our garage my kids like to play mario kart and pac-man and <laughs> here in the long-term plan um part of our of our you know journey um but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe um, my husband grew up playing video games. He really enjoys them and and perhaps. But I think what the problem is for most families is that right now, the main course, the the standard American screen diet for our kids is that that's their hobbies. Mm -hmm. Like the gaming, the they're, we're calling it, that's how they socialize. But let's be honest, that's not socialization. That's not, mm -hmm. that's, you know, our kids are going to be, they're going to, grow stronger in the things that they practice. And there are another interesting thing I read in researching for the book is that the brain is goes through these pruning periods where if these connect the connections in adolescence that are that they're practicing. So if they're practicing classical piano, if they're practicing writing and reading and 
having back and forth conversations and thinking through logic puzzles, those will get strengthened. Mm. But if they're sitting there for, you know, two hours a day, three hours a day, practicing, you know, this and first person shooter, like they're, they're going to get that. The other things are going to get pruned away. So we really just want to take a minute. And I don't think that there is one specifically right way to do this. I believe that God put parents in charge of shepherding their kids on purpose. He paired kids and their parents together, whether that's through adoption or biologically, and he did it on purpose. And no one knows kids like their parents. So if you're looking at your kids and you're like, man, this kid can handle a little bit, this kid can handle this much, um, and this kid, they can't handle any. And mm -hmm. I, I'm saying that from experience. Kids right. from with trauma backgrounds or ADHD, the the studies show they're actually more susceptible to poor responses from overstimulation of interactive screen time. So, mm. you know, parents know their kids best, but this two week detox period really gives you a chance to get to know your kids like never before to feed those good hobbies and interests that they have naturally that they're wired, you know, we're wired to create. And so often we are stifling our kids creativity. Um, we have this tremendous opportunity to help form their sense of virtue and wisdom and truth. And too often we'll see that, gosh, I think we're just wasting these opportunities. So, um, yeah. yeah, I would just encourage you if you're listening and you're feeling a little, you know, I don't know if I can do this. You can do this. <laughs> and parents tell me all the time I was scared to do this, but I did it and it changed our lives. So you can do this. All right. Uh, I, I want to. You're, first of all, huge point. You're right. Every child is different. You know, we had the one that if we threatened no video games, it was that was the button to motivate him to get the homework done, to get the chores done, to get in bed on to all those things. Uh, other kids would be like, no video games. They're like, OK, <laughs> you know, yeah. so it, it is. I think you're very right. I mean, and it does require not just parenting, but smart parenting. Uh, and that's good. I want to I want to ask you about the the impact you've seen you know with with some of the adults because i know this this carries on this is not just a kid thing uh but before we get to that i want to show people your book again the digital detox because you said something here that i want people to hear and and that is your very practical plan on this two-week reset um for people that are like okay this sounds like something that i need to do i'd like to try it what are they going to get if they pick up your book because it's not just like studies that you know smarter people have done you've got a very practical steps in this thing to help people walk them through a little bit of that yeah um so you know like i mentioned i'm we kind of stumbled into this thing in a parental fit of frustration for me so i loved creating a resource that was you know just the right length to tell you exactly what to do when you're in the trenches. I found there were so many books that were research heavy of, well, here's why, here's what's happening in your kids' brains. And then there'd be a little sentence like, if you cut it all out for two weeks or a month, it'll change your life. And then it would go on. I'm like, well, tell us more about that. So that's the book I wrote. Um, I break it down the first half into four steps. Every successful detox that I help parents with has four steps. You can remember that like undo, you're going to undo the tech trance. So step one is you unplug cold turkey two weeks and that goes back the reason for that is the the dopamine reset that we were talking about and is notice your kids like never before you're becoming a student of your kids if they have um you know an interest in drawing if they linger when you're cooking dinner a little longer bring them in on that you're studying them you're feeding those those interests that are good you're also noticing the bad you know if your kid can't carry on a converse a two-way conversation for very long with a a store clerk, like maybe they need some practice. If they can't wait their turn, like practice those things, help your kids. Um, 
The D is develop a list of screen-free fun ideas for your kids. You're gonna sit down with them. I also have tons of ideas on my website, a hundred or more. Um, to help you get through this, you can smack it on your fridge so that if your kids complain they're bored, you can say, hey, look at this list on our fridge. We already we already <laughs> thought of this. Um, you can even tell them, you know, well, if you still can't think of anything, I've got several loads of laundry that need folding. And <laughs> yeah, that, that, they will find something to do. That cures them real fast, we found. <laughs> exactly. And then the last step is, oh, open the books. I firmly believe through experience that you can create a bookworm out of any child. Hmm. And I did not believe this before our detox. I thought some kids like to read, some kids don't. That's just the way it is, but it's not. Some kids just need their parents to step in and be book matchmaker. I have two chapters in my book that talk about how to get those kids hooked on reading, even the ones that say they don't like it. Hmm. Um, this is a skill that helps teach delaying gratification. It will help them in school. And we're not talking about like book report reading. I'm talking about reading for pleasure. Yeah. You know, that that thing that helps teach um, empathy and just all the things they get from that. So that's the first tap, half of the book is getting through those two weeks. What happens when the two weeks is over? Yes. I'm glad you asked because that's actually the second half of the book. Which is cre- <laughs> <laughs> So that's creating a long-term plan to sustain your results. So what we found after, I mean, it's like cleaning out a closet, right? Um, when, you, when you're doing some spring cleaning, you don't just start plucking a few things out of your closet. You take it all out. And then you put back the things that serve you. So that's mm. essentially what you're doing here. So um, you're creating a fully customizable plan. There is no one size fits all here, but you're doing it with your unique insight as mom or dad mm. um, that you have. You've just observed your kids for two weeks. And what we did was we created a posture for technology, which was we use it to connect with each other. We use it to create. Um, but when it comes to isolating and consuming, we stop doing that. So our kids don't do that anymore. If they're in their room, they don't have these devices. If, you know, if your kid's in your room and has a Wi-Fi signal, it's not a safe place anymore. You know, not like when we grew up. Um, so yeah, we created a posture and then also some ideas that you can kind of take like a, like a line at Chipotle when, you know, you pick and choose what you like. Um, and I created a lot of parameters you can make for your kids and, and customize it by how old your kids are. A long-term plan looks different for a, a two-year-old or a six-year-old than it does for a 13, 14-year-old. Sure. And, and that's good. It should look different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It should. And that, and that, that, require, that requires some parenting. <laughs> you actually have to do what you're supposed to do. And that, I'm curious if you've seen much uh, in the way of adults, because I'm imagining that some adults are the problem. They, in other words, they've never detoxed. And so they're not going to be able to detox their kids because you're talking about, well, you're just compounding problems on, on problems, generations of it. Do you run into any of that with, with adults that are screen junkies? Oh, totally. And through the course of writing the book, I realized, man, I'm going to have to detox myself here. I know I'm <laughs> going to have to do this thing. Um, and I really enjoy technology. You know, it's a, it's a great tool, but sometimes it can suck you in. Um, so I did. The last chapter is actually about technology for mom and dad and just how to get through if you choose to detox alongside your kids, which I recommend if your kids are, you know, maybe 10, 11, 12 and up, you should choose at least an aspect of your own tech use to detox alongside your kids. But it's also a really good opportunity to share with your kids, hey, it gets really tricky as you get older. So when we can put your tablet in the closet for two weeks and nothing really changes for me, I work. And if I don't check my email for two weeks, I'll get fired. Right, <laughs> this is right. how we use technology. I use my phone to bank and grocery shop. And so it's fun to have those conversations with our kids. And 
um, it's really good training for them on how to use their discernment and wisdom and apply that to the digital world. Yeah, I, you know, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I had to kick the uh, regular sodas years ago and I still drink the diet. I don't get on me if you're watching. I know, I know they're bad. But it's kind of like what, what I experienced with the digital stuff. It's kind of like that really good waiter or waitress at the restaurant that never lets your soda hit the bottom. They're always refilling it, bringing you another. And by the time you finish a long lunch, I've had like six of these things. That For me, that's Netflix. Uh, and it's like, I'm going to play the next episode here in five seconds. And I'm like, okay, I'll watch another episode of that. And pretty soon my weekend's gone. Um, how do we, you know, just the idea of saying no, stopping, just kind of cutting it off. That's, that's abrupt for a lot of people. Do you get some resistance to the idea of cold turkey? Sometimes. But usually what I say is this. Um, you know, there's science to support going cold turkey. And what's really interesting to me is you look at the very people who create the technology in the first place. So um, Steve Jobs wouldn't let his kids near an iPad. Um, <laughs> I've heard that. They, these tech geniuses are some of the strictest parents when it comes to their kids' tech use. So, you know, it, it makes us think for a minute, are we buying into the marketing or are we buying into the facts? Yeah. Um, you also see that a lot of these people, these adults who are working professionals in the Silicon Valley, they will take these regular, they call them dopamine fasts to kind of reset their brain. So really? um, if the people who are creating the technology are parenting in a screen limited way, and especially some of them even go out of their way to make sure their kids are going to schools that are, you know, limited or no technology at all. Um, we are wise to at least think twice and wonder, like they know obviously more about this tech than we do. And if they don't think it's good for their kids, why should we think it's good yeah. for ours? Yeah. yeah. Are there any that you just say no to period? Like your kids don't use X. Um, <clears throat> yeah. We're not a smartphone for kids family. Really? Um, yeah. The, I, from what I've read, there's no good reason to my oldest has a dumb phone. It's a gab phone. Um, which is great. It's, it's been really wonderful to help coordinate pickups and drop-offs, sure. um, find her to be able to find her like at youth group. Um, but it, it doesn't have any internet access. It doesn't have the, an app store. So it's literally just texting, calling. Um, and it's great. I mean, that's technology serving us really well. So, um, that's been worked out really well for us. What about TikTok? You let them on TikTok? So I'm on TikTok. Are you really? No. Yeah. So I love, and this is a, a great example. So I really enjoy sharing like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. These can be really fun platforms, mm -hmm. in my opinion. You know, um, I connect with parents there. They'll they'll send me questions. I love helping them troubleshoot. Um, yeah, on TikTok, I found there's this cleaning lady that found, that showed me this mop that I love. Sometimes I'll I'll share. Um, I'll save the really funny TikToks and show them to my kids, and we enjoy them together. But no way am I going to let my young kids. First of all, the terms of service say that you can't even join these platforms unless you're 13. Hmm. So do we want to teach our kids that they are they don't have to abide by the rules? Like, I don't think so. <laughs> um, and then at that point, you know, the Wall Street Journal just did a series of pieces on um, mental health problems and yeah. um, ER visits for girls ages 12 to 17 doubled over the course of the pandemic and the doctors researched it. They said, oh, TikTok is an underlying cause of this. TikTok really? exposure to 
you know, body image videos. So it's like, why are we putting our kids, you know, on here when it's destroying their mental health? So yeah, for now, that's a no for our family. Yeah. And you know, it's tough. I mean, my, my, my son, my, the son, the, the, the smart son with the smart mouth, uh, he, he likes to say things, you know, if I don't understand something about the internet, he, he goes on a little rampage. Now I look at him and say, look, my generation gave you the internet. Okay. So just say thank you. But the reality is we're, we're all walking through this for the first time. It's kind of like hitting yeah. the pandemic. We're, we're guessing, you know, uh, even the experts are, are guessing on the vaccines as to whether they will work or not. Same thing's true in the technology we're, we're experiencing, but we're far enough out that we're seeing, we're learning some things. Uh, and so hopefully we can be smarter about it going forward. And so I'm, I'm not, man, I, I get it. I, anybody, you know, I get it. We're learning as we go, but people like Molly have learned some things and offered some things to help you. What kind of response are you getting from people when they, when they do this? Pretty, I pretty much only get the response. This changed our life. Hmm. This was the best decision we made. I can't believe how much better my kids get along, how much better their moods are, how much better they're sleeping. Um, it's just been so encouraging. And to that end, if you're listening to this, you do not have to be a super crafty mom. You don't have to be a, a certain type of parent um, in order to make us in order to do a successful detox with your kids. So I just want to encourage you. You can you can do this if you're feeling nudged. Like ah, I think we need to give this a shot. You can absolutely do it. All right. I've got your website up now. Uh, and I want to show people your website. It looks like this. This is mollydefrank.com. Beautiful family, by the way. Uh, Thank you. I'm assuming your, your husband who's not pictured here is as just as handsome as the rest of the family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I noticed up here that you have this button here to take a quiz. What are you offering people there? Oh yeah, if you want to detox your kids, but you don't know where to start, you're feeling overwhelmed, click that button. You can take a quiz. I think there's only 10 questions in it to give you a little more clarity. Um, and yeah, I just, so many tools on the website. Also, um, when you order the book, um, so sometimes we'll find that one parent wants to do this, the other parent is very skeptical. So I have a spousal convincer guide for you. You can <laughs> hand this to your spouse, let me do the talking. Um, you know, lots of uh, dinner table topic ideas for you. If you, you're used to technology at the table and you're doing the detox, you're like, what are we gonna do? Here are these fun topics. I tried them out of my kids. We loved them. Um, lots of other fun freebies on there when you order the book. So check it out. <laughs> that's 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 good. You, you do know your stuff. You have been through this. Because <laughs> that's half the battle sometimes. If you're not presenting a unified front to your kids, you are toast. So very good. Yeah. Molly, I appreciate your time. Uh, is there anything else you want to mention? You, you want to mention where to find you on social media for those who are not in the middle of the detox uh, or anything yes. else? Yeah. Yeah, you can find me at my website, like you just showed, mollydefrank.com. I'm on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook, Molly Defrank. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, find me on my website. I would I would love to help you troubleshoot. Definitely do that. Hey, give it a shot. What do you have to lose? You might find some really interesting things, uh, good, healthy things about yourself and about your family. Uh, Judy, thank you. She says it's a great show. Thanks you for that. Uh, everybody else out there, Loretta, Patty, everyone else watching, appreciate you. You watch us in the replay. Feel free to leave a comment, too. We like to hear from you even after the fact. And come back. We've got more great things for you right here on Life Today Live. We'll see you again next time.
make America a better nation. Are we safe to America? Be true to what you said on paper.